Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for your favorite morning podcast. It's the Morning Five for Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. And it's brought to you by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Bryce, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. It's 23 days away. 23 days? Oh, yes, please. I'm yes. start with football. Let's go. Let's uh, it is also National Scotch Day. Oh, I can get down with some scotch. I do enjoy a nice uh, glass of scotch. I'm more of a, uh, more of a whiskey man. But uh, or a bourbon guy, but I can do some scotch for sure. I got turned on to scotch by watching uh, Parks and Recreation. Ron Swanson was a big scotch guy. Uh, so after watching that, I started having scotch here and there. And I tried to get Lagavulin when I could at the um, at the liquor stores that had it. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big scotch guy. I can get down with scotch for sure. Barney Stinson was a big uh, scotch guy on How I Met Your Mother. And nice. The other thing that I think of when I think of scotch is um, Ron Burgundy. I like scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch. I am Ron Burgundy? <laughs> I love scotch. Here it goes. Down to my belly. Yum, yum, yum. Yes. Big scotch guy. Do scotch for sure. I, I've i never had a sip of scotch. I can honestly say that. It is definitely acquired taste. You're not going to like it the first sip you take. Uh, but if you force yourself into it for, you know, a couple times, a couple tries, I think you can start appreciating it, but it's uh, it's definitely not, it's usually not something that catches on immediately, in my opinion. It's also National Chicken Finger Day. Sign me up. I mean, I love chicken fingers. Wherever, what? whenever. What is your go-to dipping sauce for chicken fingers? Honey mustard. Honey mustard, for sure. Okay. Here's, your- here's the fun part, and this is this is just something that I've, I've asked in the South, because it's an interesting question. Would you rather have Chick fil A sauce or Zach sauce? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've ever had Zach sauce. Really? Yeah. I don't really eat it at Zaxby's that much. Um, I don't know if I've ever had Zach sauce. Usually when I go to Zaxby's, I get the black and blue salad. If that has Zach sauce on it, then I've had it before. Um, but I get that black and blue salad at Zaxby's because it's really, really good. Uh, and I'm not a huge fan of Chick-fil-A sauce. It's fine if it's there. I'll, I'll use it. Um, but I'm more of a fan of either honey mustard or their... They have like like a, like a spicy Polynesian sweet and sour something sauce at Chick-fil-A. That's pretty good. Yeah, the but Polynesian... Yeah, I, I think so. Maybe something like that. It's like spicy. But I don't know if I've ever had Zach sauce. I might have and just not have realized it. I know I've had Chick-fil-A sauce because the amount of money that my family spends at Chick-fil-A is honestly quite disturbing. Um, so I know I've had that before. And I like it okay. But yeah, I'm more of a... Um, do, did you ever eat at Fuddruckers, the uh, the burger joint? No, I didn't. 
So it's a it, it's just a burger joint, it's just a burger house. But what I used to do up there is if I would order chicken fingers, I would mix barbecue sauce and honey mustard together, and that makes for a pretty dang good mixture for uh, chicken fingers, French fries, whatever you want. So uh, I, I would I would have to go Chick Fil A sauce just because I've had that, and I know I like that. And uh, next time I go to Zaxby's, I'll try Zach's house though. I'll get some chicken fingers and try Zach's sauce. And just get you like a. a- chicken finger plate or a small chicken finger plate and go the zach sauce just let me know what you think emily loves zaxby's emily likes zaxby's more than chick-fil-a when i call her a heathen every time she says that because chick-fil-a is a, that, that's god's chicken and you can't get better than that yeah i mean of course but i mean there's there's definitely room for zaxby's in this world you can have definitely definitely try zach sauce next time i go there zaxby's fun fact is the hottest wings i have had in recent memory I got the hottest wings at Zaxby's one day, uh, and they were so hot, I almost couldn't eat them. I was shocked. I was completely shocked. It was at the Zaxby's in Carrollton. I got it before a Carrollton Trojans basketball game, and I was eating it on the way there, and I was my mouth was like on fire when I got into the stadium and started. I, had, I got like three bottles of water. Uh, I, it's the hottest wings I've ever had, and if anybody knows anything about me, I, I love hot sauce. I love hot stuff, so I was quite shocked by that. Braves beat the Phillies last night, six to three. Uh, continue to uh, we are ninety nine games into the season, Bryce, and the Braves have yet to lose three in a row. Nice, let's go. That's a great sign. I mean, if we keep that up, we uh, might win a World Series. I mean, it's definitely possible. So let's let's start with the starting pitcher last night, Spencer Strider. Wow, that chef's kiss. Six innings pitch, three hits, one earned, six Ks. Yes, please. I need yeah, more. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that uh, seven days out of seven. No freaking doubt. Austin hey, Riley. He's from Columbus, Ohio. Did you know that? No. He he was born born in Columbus, Ohio. I don't know if he was raised there or whatever, but uh, but birthplace Columbus, Ohio. Wow. Look at there. Did not know that. Austin Riley got it started with an RBI piss missile to left and continued to stay hot. That was his 18th great game with a hit. And he uh, just missed a, a home run in the first game. Yeah, versus the Phillies. I mean, when I say just missed, what, maybe maybe eight inches, maybe six inches, somewhere around there. Uh, the last uh, it was pretty close, too. That, yeah. That, yeah. yeah was off the wall. Like, I thought it was gone. He's really seeing the ball well right now. He needs to give Acuna some lessons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Money Mike with a solo shot in the second and then an RBI double in the ninth. Eddie Rosario also got in on the action as well. as And also a two-run bomb by Matt Olson to, to put the Braves up uh, six runs. Then we had the ninth and the Will Smith. Eesh. Experience continues. Eesh. What are we going to do with him? What I don't know, we- man. We, we were we were recording track talk last night when Will Smith gave up, you know, that ninth inning run. And so we we go off on a solid like eight to ten minute tangent about Will Smith. Uh, I, I don't know what we're going to do with him. And fun fact around my house, Matt Olson's new nickname is the double daddy. So that is what Matt Olson is referred to in my household. And I, it makes me feel a little icky, but I understand the nickname, but it just makes me feel weird. Uh, I do not call him that my wife does uh and it says it makes me feel icky every time she says it but double daddy is his new nickname with the Braves picking up the win it was brian snickers 500 of his career let's go snit let's go he deserves everything that comes from 
I, he really Absolutely, did. man. The uh, the amount of time that he stuck with the Braves organization, uh, he deserves everything he gets. And it's kind of crazy. You think of all the stuff that he's accomplished in his short career as actual MLB manager. It, it you know, it's almost one of those payoffs that you stuck around, you did the right thing, you stayed with the organization, you worked hard, and now you're being rewarded for it. And uh, God loves Nit, man. I love that guy. Braves look to get the series win today at 1235 and uh, win number 501. Charlie Morton on the bump versus Kyle Gibson for the Phillies. And then uh, we head back home, right? Yeah, uh, I believe so. Yeah, we have a homestand next after this. What uh, what channel is that? Is that game on today? Is that just on a regular regular channel? You think? You know. Yeah. Let me see. Let me click here. Click here. Go over here. It is on. Uh, it's nothing. It's on nothing special. So just normal. Twelve thirty-five. Yeah, that's. Huh. That's odd. But yeah, we we come home after the game today. Uh, three set with Arizona. Two set with Philly, and then we go up to New York for a five game set with the Mets. Wow, that's odd. Yeah, well, we have to make up some room from the first week of the season. That's that's. Oh, uh, that makes yeah, that's true. I keep forgetting that. Um, so yeah, twelve thirty-five today, man. That is an that is an odd odd start, but nice. I'll be able to watch it during uh, during work. All right, uh, let's get to your preview series, and today we're gonna do the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, we got Mr. Matt Ridgeway's Tampa Bay Buccaneers today. Uh, the Bucks are in win now mode, poised to make another run at the Super Bowl with uh, MVP runner-up Tom Brady at the helm. The sky is the limit for this team. Last year, at the age of 44, Tampa Tom threw for over 5,000 yards and 43 tuds. Both of those numbers led the NFL. But can he do it again this year? The stats will more than likely change this year as Brady wants to run the ball more under new head coach Todd Bowles. Uh, Tampa Bay led the league in pass attempts last season at 719, and Brady would like to move towards a more balanced offense. So hopefully they will inject more run plays into that offense when they can. Uh, this may be tough ask as the running back stable isn't as prolific as the wide receiver core. It's going to be tough to ask Tom Brady, hey, hand this ball off to this, this running back. You know, these running backs, instead of throwing it to one of the multiple Pro Bowl wide receivers you have on your team. Longtime workhorse running back Leonard Fournette should get the bulk of the carries if he's in shape. Billy, have you heard the rumors about Leonard Fournette coming into camp like 30 pounds overweight? No. But that's I, I haven't seen any pictures and I haven't seen any follow up on it. I'll do that today and see if Pat says anything today. But I know there are a bunch of rumors going around that Leonard Fournette is showing up to camp, and he is massive. I mean, he is like Jamarcus Russell big. So I don't Whoa. know if, yeah, I don't know if that's blown out of proportion. I haven't seen any pictures, and I really haven't seen a ton of follow up. So I'll have to look at that today and see if that's that's legit because everybody reported to camp yesterday. Everybody's in camp now, so we'll have pictures and stuff of him. But outside of Fournette, you have veteran running back Gio Bernard will be the RB two, and Keyshawn Vaughn will be RB three. Not a bad running back core, but listen to this wide receivers. Listen to these wide receivers that Tampa Thompson have to throw to. For the wide receiver core, it's one of the most talented in the NFL. Headlined by Mike Evans, Tom right. will have a host of targets to throw to, including Chris Godwin, might right. be out for week one because of the surgery, Russell Gage, Stud. and and newly signed wide receiver Julio Jones. Who? Julio Jonas. That J might be silent in his second name. Might be Julio Jonas. 
maybe he's Hispanic. But I mean, you're going to have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, and Julio Jones to throw to. Oh, yeah. And he has tight ends. That wide receiver core doesn't include tight ends Cameron Brait and Kyle Rudolph. Both fantastic tight ends in their own right. I mean, that's that's six passing weapons right there you have. And this is all without including Rob Gronkowski, who will come back at some point this season. I can almost guarantee you. Uh, this, this offense, I know they want to be more balanced and more run-focused, but it's going to be a tall ask to not throw it to one of these weapons on the outside, you know, when it's third and three. <laughs> Let me just throw it up to one of these guys. Uh, if the Bucks had any weakness last season, it might have been the defense. However, it was a very, very slight weakness. Tampa Bay ended eighth in the NFC in total defense, second in scoring, and third in the entire NFL in rushing defense. I only say it was a weakness because their offense was probably the best in the NFL last year. A big reason for the playoff loss against the Rams last year was down to secondary injuries, a secondary that looks healthy this season. With Vita Vey still in the middle and rookie Logan Hall on the end, the Bucks look to limit the time the quarterback has in the pocket as they gave up the most passing attempts and the most passing completions in the NFL. So that is one thing on defense that the Bucs can improve on. The Bucs right now are third in the preseason power rankings, have the seventh easiest schedule in the NFL. I predict they will go 14-3 and three and they will win the South. I'd be pretty shocked if the Bucs are not in the NFC Championship game. With respect to uh, our buddy Matthew Ridgway, Julio Jones went to the wrong uh, future Hall of Famer in terms of... Yeah? Who should he have gone to? Well, I mean, he had two other really, really good options that he could have gone to in uh, A, A, Green Bay. That would have been a really good option for him. That would have made more sense, in my opinion. I'd agree. And B, Indy. You already have a really good shot or a really good rapport with your quarterback. I mean, I think both of those, I'm going to agree with you there, Billy. I think both of those make way more sense. Uh, what he's going to be asked to do down in Tampa might be a little bit better for him. He's not going to be an every down wide receiver. Um, and I think he's going to be good. He's not going to be Julio Jones of four or five years ago, obviously. But um, yeah, going up to Green Bay or going. But I wonder if they would have asked him to do too much in Green Bay or Indy. I wonder if that's not why he went up there, because he doesn't want to be wide receiver one anymore. Uh, Green Bay needs wide receivers, dude. Sammy Watkins just got put on the pup list, so... I don't know who's going to catch balls up there from Aaron Rodgers. They're going to they're going to have to go to the XFL and the USFL guys to see if to see if they can find some pass catchers up there for Aaron Rodgers. There's plenty of talent up there. Did you see Aaron showing up to camp yesterday? No, I didn't. Looked exactly like Cameron Poe from Con Air. I mean, identical <laughs> to him. The boots, the jeans, the T-top dude looked yoked, man. I am so jacked. Football is here. It's here. So happy. Hey, we we had a we had Big Ten uh, media days yesterday, Billy. I heard there was some talk. I haven't heard this yet, and so this is all news to me. The CFB might be expanding. All right. So yesterday at Big Ten media days, uh, the Big Ten commissioner Kevin Warren made comments about expanding the Big further after uh, the announcement of USC and UCLA to the Big happened last. Uh, or back on June 30th. How how in the hell has it been a month since that announcement's been made almost? How has that happened, Bryce? 
Uh, all right. A quote oh, no. directly from Warren is, it is, it may include future expansion. Warren said of the league's road ahead, but it will be done for the right reasons at the right time. We will not expand just to expand. What's interesting to me is that I've heard this before. Last week, would you, would, days. Would you like to give? Would you like me to give you a peek behind the curtain? I'm, I'm 100 in. The Big Ten is not looking to expand further than what they have just got. Uh, you remember I told you there was rumors swirling about Oregon, Iowa State, Notre Dame, a lot of these teams. Those have been shut down. The Big Ten is not looking to expand any further. Right now, that is a right now type thing, you know, in, in a year that could change. But so the Big Ten already has locked down some of the biggest media markets in all of the United States. Anybody they bring in now would be pulling pieces of the pie away from other teams because of the media shared that these teams would bring in. I mean, the only team that moves the needle now would be Notre Dame. Uh, you bring in Oregon. Well, that's not really adding to the piece of the pie. It's just making it a piece of the pie for each team smaller for money wise. So, yeah, I, 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 right now, right now, they're not looking to expand any further. Uh, but who knows? That could ch- that could change today, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and what's interesting to me is I did hear something. I heard that very similar last week at SEC Media Days. And this is a direct quote from Greg Sankey. The SEC will not expand just to expand. It's unperturbed about the Big Ten adding Southern Cal and UCLA and will not betray the conference's footprint and identity. Bryce, the, you and I both know that the Big and the SEC aren't there. No, absolutely they not. Be done, they may be done right now, as you said. They're not done. We're ultimately going to get two major conferences that will take over the majority of college football landscape. The Big 12, the ACC, and the PAC are just mere pawns at this point. Even though the ACC and the PAC have a media deal, they have nothing that compares to the SEC and the Big 10 uh, networks. I mean, absolutely. Not even close. Not even freaking close. Absolutely not. Hey, is the Longhorn Network still a thing? Is that still going on for Texas? Probably, Probably, but it still has nothing. It's nowhere near what what it was oh no no and I, I know what the sec network is because i watch the sec network a lot because they have good content on there you know how many times i've watched the longhorn network none zero i haven't i've never watched it a single time in my entire life and i i had it when it was available because it was on the tv guide and i flipped right past it money is the main reason behind all of this of course but there's the good news for us as college football because the sec is adding texas and ou and the big is adding us usc and ucla and the CFB continue CFB playoff continues on and may expand in the future because it's probably going to expand in the future. We'll have less of those meaningless games that nobody cares about in the season between out of conference group of five opponents or D two opponents. Which and, I and your next simple. your next point you bring up is going to be very good because I don't like those games either. I don't care about the D two games, but I know why they do it, and I think it is a mistake to get rid of them. And as you mentioned, here's the negative to what I just said. Those group of five D2 opponents didn't care about getting their heads beaten in because the bigger schools were paying them to come to them. Now that the money's not flowing in, which means it will have a major negative effect on smaller schools, which I'm sure will end up like what happened a few years ago at UAB, where they just shut down the entire program. And that is 
that is a negative for college football. I don't want to see that happen, man. I, I, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these smaller schools facilitate some of these athletes that aren't good enough to go D one, but they're still good enough to play D two or play big time football somewhere else. Um, so I, I definitely don't want to see that happen. I, I think we'll, what the NCAA should do, not that they have any power, but whoever whoever turns out to be the governing body of college football in the, in the future, when you do, I think you should be required to play two or three of these D2 teams, D3, whatever you want to call them. I think you should be required to play two or three of them in your schedule. And I think they should limit them to in-state schools. You have to play in-state schools. You're pumping your money back into the school system for your state. So Ohio State would need to play Akron, Youngstown State, Miami of Ohio. Uh, you know, Miami, Ohio, that's not a D2 school, but you, you know what I mean. Like, pump this money back into the schools inside your state. Help each other. You know, help me help you type deal. Georgia would play Georgia State. Uh, Georgia Southern is not a D2 school, so I don't know if they would qualify here. Or Mercer, Kennesaw State, uh, UW, something like that. I would like to see something like that implemented because it's you're pumping money back into colleges that are in your state and you're you're helping out the overall health i would think of the schools in your state as well either that or the pac-12 the acc and the big uh big 12 need to step up and actually reach out to these schools and, and continue these um schools continue playing. they should form a mega conference i mean have the big 10 have the SEC, and then have whatever a combination of the Big 12, the ACC, and the Pac-10. Combine that and come up with a new name. Have three major conferences. The only thing, the only one that I would be worried about, excuse me, good Lord, is uh, Clemson. Maybe Miami. Um, but I'd be pretty shocked if Clemson didn't join the SEC yeah. soon. You know, in the next in the next five to eight years, I would think Clemson's going to join the ACC or the SEC. I agree. That's that's what college football expansion is looking like right now, and it's just interesting to me how they, how both the Big Ten and the ACC are like, we're not going to expand just to expand. Lies. Okay. They want to they want to expand in the right markets to make money. So, uh, let's get to the Marine South scoreboard from last night in the NL East. Marlins beat the Reds two to one. Mets unfortunately beat the Yankees six to three, and the Nats beat the Dodgers eight to three so every single one of the nl east teams were successfully or or, uh, successful in winning last night other than the phils who played the braves on the stump it games and events calendar tonight billy we have high school sports going on tonight it is preseason but we do have high school sports going on tonight in the nl east we have the braves at the phillies that is at 12 35 that is right after noon uh don't get switched up by that we do have a day game today nationals at dodgers at 310 marlins at reds at 640 and then yankees at the mets at 710 let's go yankees uh in softball and high school softball we have a preseason doubleheader tonight bremen versus chapel hill first game is at 4 p.m second game is at 5 45 p.m i have a football draft at 6 p.m tonight so i would like to make it out there for a couple of innings for that first game i don't know if it'll happen but we will see uh, I'm pumped, man. It's in Bremen. Cool. Uh, that should be closer to my house than Chapel Hill, maybe. I don't know. But the football draft is out in uh, Gold Dust in Villarica, so uh, I might be able to catch catch a couple innings of that. I, I'll, I'll be stoked to do that. But hey, high school preseason softball, man. That just that means we're right around the corner. 
from the regular season starting for softball, the regular season starting for football, and the regular season starting for volleyball. I believe volleyball is a fall sport as well here for college or for high school. Something I did miss. I think Heard County played Central yesterday in a doubleheader, so um, I don't have any of the scores, but I did see that they played yesterday on social media. So Awesome. That's preseason softball, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I saw Villarica's soft, uh, volleyball schedule came out, and one of their games, like where they put their opponent, it just said rock, paper, scissor. What? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to see if I can find it. It just said rock, paper, scissor where the opponent name should have been. <laughs> I don't know if that was on purpose or an oversight. All right. Yeah. Chris, you need another cup of coffee? I 100% need another cup of coffee this morning. Another cup of coffee brought to you by realtor Hannah Strawn with Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Uh, if you need your home, if you need to buy or sell your home, reach out to Hannah Strawn, our good friend. With the Robert I'm looking for a one-bedroom, one-bath home that nobody knows about and the address is not listed anywhere. I wonder if she could help me with that. As Bryce mentioned, uh, Julio Jones signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a one-year deal. Um, again, I... I made it known. I think he's going to the wrong team. I think it, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's going to a team where he thinks he can win, but I, I just really think green Bay would have been a better option. And, uh, Indy would have been a better option for him. I agree. I think he's going to do well in Tampa and I think Tampa's going to win, but I think he would have had a, uh, a bigger footprint in everything. If he'd have gone to either one of those two teams, but maybe that's not what he wanted. Maybe he didn't want to be wide receiver one. Uh, and if he went to either one of those teams, I think he would have asked to been, or the team would have asked him to be wide receiver one. So a report came out yesterday that uh, Nick Saban considered leaving Alabama in 2014 after the kick six iron Ooh. debacle. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame him, man. That that Jordan, kick six would make me want to quit football too. That, but at the same time, um, yeah, it's man, it was that was a tough game for for Nick Saban, but. He was looking to leave Alabama to possibly go to ESPN. And that's a uh, that would be an odd landing spot for Nick Saban. I think Nick Saban's a great coach, greatest college football coach of all time. I, I maybe he'd he'd do good on ESPN. I don't know. He he seems like, and I've heard this from players. He seems like a low key funny guy, like a very funny guy who is a, has a very dry sense of humor. And some of the stuff he says kind of sneaks up on you and bites you in in the butt because of how funny and unexpected he is so maybe it's something that uh, is in his future after he gets done dominating college football you know the Corso is getting old and throw him in there but hey, you old. shut your mouth Corso is not getting old Corso is just fine he is in this prime of his life we had another 15 years with that man be fair and this is and, and I don't have a computer in front of me right now but I wonder what the age difference between Corso and, and Saban is I bet you it's uh, years uh, yeah, Maybe. I bet it, I bet it's not far off because let's see, Corso's eighty six, and Saban's what seventy something? Seventy two, seventy three. Uh, let's see, eighty six, and Nick Saban is seventy. Oh, so sixteen years. I mean, that, that's quite a bit. Saban's still seventy though. That's he does not look seventy. He does not strike me as a seventy year old man. No, not at all. Uh, the NFL launches NFL Plus. Announcing price and features, including local primetime streaming to phones and tablets. The basic package will be $4.99 a month, and the premium package will be $9.99 a month. Bryce, which package are you getting? Uh, I won't be getting any package until they offer it on PC. I'm, what? I mean, no, I'm, I'm not. I, I, I don't. 
do anything with phones or tablets. I don't like watching anything on there. Uh, I know they have the Chromecast thing and like the Apple Air whatever. Uh, I don't like doing that because it doesn't work flawlessly. So I, I will be signing up for it once it comes to PC. It's weird that it's just phones and tablets. Uh, I haven't really looked into it. I will be getting it once it comes to computer, once it's available on the computer. Uh, it's a hundred and I think it's a hundred and twenty dollars a month or a hundred and twenty dollars a year if you just pay monthly. But if you pay yearly, I think it's 80, 80 bucks a year, which is not bad. This isn't Sunday ticket. It's NFL Plus, a little bit different. Uh, but for eighty bucks a year for the amount of NFL content that I consume, I don't think this is a bad deal, honestly. I mean, then you can get the you can get the lesser one for five. I think the lesser one right now is on sale for thirty bucks for the entire year. Thirty bucks so, for the entire year. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good deal. And the premium, I think, gets you get coach, um, coach video too. All twenty two is, is pretty awesome. To get, I'm excited. Hey, when's Hard Knock start? Speaking of, do you know when that starts? That should be starting soon, premium right? It just started, so I would assume give it a week or two. Week or two. Sweet, sweet. I love Hard Knocks. Uh, another report yesterday: the Mets, those those damn Mets. Are uh, they're calling Anaheim about Shohei Otani? I think everybody's calling Anaheim about Shohei Otani. I'm not really worried about it. I don't think Shohei's going to go anywhere. Uh, I, I, I mean, if the Mets are going to trade for Shohei, they're going to jeopardize their future. And Shohei's only under contract till 2023, so I, I don't know. I don't want the Braves to get him. I don't care if the Mets get him. I, whatever, bring him, bring him to New York so we can hit him for six more runs again when we face him every other week why, I don't care why would you want the Braves to get him we'd, we'd have to trade way too much it, it would be sacrificing our future honestly I have I, I would love for Shohei to come here if we don't have to give up a lot but we have to, we're going to have to give up an insane amount anybody, and he's only on our contract until 2023 it's double A double A is a wizard did you forget about that uh, yeah I, I yeah <laughs> I, have a, I just have a bad feeling that if we trade for Shohei Michael Harris is going to be in that trade, and I don't want to see that at all. I I get that. All right. Taking uh, on Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow to have his appendectomy. Yeah, emergency appendectomy yesterday. Uh, should be fine. I believe an appendectomy is the first or second most common uh, surgery in all of America. So a little bit of a scare, but he will be he'll be good and recover. And he will miss just as many preseason games with the appendectomy if he didn't have it, which is all of them, because he will not be playing the preseason games. Yeah, I, I don't have that useless organ anymore. Did you have your appendectomy removed? I have my appendix removed. That's what's wrong with you. I still got mine safely in there somewhere doing something. I don't know what it does. wrong with me, and the, the appendix being gone <laughs> is probably one of them. <laughs> uh, and finally, Seattle Seahawks are releasing Chris Carson, the running back plans to retire from the NFL due to a neck injury. We've seen quite a quite a bit of this recently with um, younger NFL players who have made their money retiring young from the NFL. And I mean, they have the rest of their lives to you know look ahead of them. I mean, Chris Carson was only 27 years old. I know he's had injury woes but uh but good for them man i i think i like this new form of nfl get in make your money and once you've made your money you know retire and, and go do something with your life 27 young kids still has his whole life in front of them uh I, I i don't i'm not i'm not mad about this at all we don't see guys playing into their 40s like brady i think that's great i think that's great for football and i think that's good for the longevity of the sport 
On this day in 1996, a bomb explodes at Centennial Olympic Park in Atlanta. One killed and 110 were injured. You, and you, I know you're a little bit younger than me, but do you remember this all over the news when this happened? The only reason I remember uh, this happening is because the one person that was killed, I was my stepfather was working with uh, that person's uncle at the time. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. Uh, the only image I really remember was like a, a grainy video from like a park bench or something. That's really the only thing I remember from that. Really, but I mean, that's yeah, the one person, one video that we have of that. Yeah. That's so weird. Now, if it happened, we'd have had 16,000 different camera angles in 4K. You know, that's crazy how, how far we've come just since 1996. But yeah, I, I do. I do sort of remember this event happening. And we're going to get a text message for sure from Clay Harden um, kind of poking fun at us about that we don't we barely remember this um <laughs> in 1999 tony hawk is the first skateboarder to land a 900 i remember where i was what i was doing and what i was wearing when this happened because i was a massive i still am a massive massive tony hawk fan 1999 was in the prime of my i thought i was a skater phase uh so i i remember exactly exactly what i was doing what i was wearing everything when this happened it was it was amazing and i lost my mind when he pulled it off guys if, if i can get a hold of it i'm gonna share this out there's a picture of from bryce's senior pic, senior year that i need to share out to y'all just so you can see him. and it's just it's glorious Senior year is fine. You can share all the senior year pictures. Junior year is fine. Just don't find any like eighth grade, ninth grade pictures of me. I was a fat emo kid who thought he could skate, and it was. Uh, if you've if you've ever seen uh, a polar bear try to skate, that was what I looked like. Well, Becky's sparling right now. Bryce, you got anything I've, else? I've burned them. I've burned all the pictures. <laughs> no, I don't have anything else, man. I'm good. Let's get out of here. <laughs> For Bryce Sparling, I am Billy Lindahl. Let's have a great Wednesday, and uh, we're halfway home, guys. We'll talk First to Friday, you. baby. First Friday. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors! Just shake them! Shake your neighbors! <laughs>